0: Just two girls talking about one sport. One sport? Soccer? Football. Ah. Welcome back to the Masterclass Podcast. We're finally back. We took a break because we're busy and also lazy. I think especially lazy, Hannah kind of disagrees with me. I've been busy. I've been busy, but I feel like we've been a bit lazy also, just lacking on this front. But that's okay. We're back either way, which is very exciting. Mm -hmm. And we have a very, I think, very exciting episode because we don't get to talk about this every day. You do because of your lovely new job life that you have. (laughs) I'm not getting paid, so I don't know
1: what job you're talking about. (laughs) It's
0: true. true. Um, So we're doing a women's episode today. Um, so, to start it off, I think we should talk about that pretty sweet WSL deal for, you know, BBC and Sky Sports. I think it's pretty great. What are your thoughts on it?
1: Yeah, just to give a bit of a background on that, so, Sky and BBC have signed the WSL onto a a contract up until 2024, I believe, which basically allows for them to have the rights to show WSL as well as FA Women's Championship games, so... That's great. I think it's it's worth, like, at first I heard it was worth, like, 8 million pounds. Now I'm hearing 10, 15, close to 20. Uh, so I have no idea, like, on the financial side. It's changing every day, it sounds like. But 75% of that, well, I don't want to say 75% of that money, but about 75% goes towards WSL sides, and then the remaining 25 goes to the FA Women's Championship sides, great. which is not nearly as much but it's still something Mm -hmm. so but as well as the fa player will continue to show certain games because not every single game is going to be shown on bbc or sky right so we'll still have access to the games on the fa player for free which is great for us international fans i'm not sure how we're going to manage with watching on Sky and BBC. I'm hoping that like Sportsnet or TSN pick something up.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree with that, just because I remember when we went out one day and we wanted to watch a game and all they had was a WSL game on TV. And that was just a very exciting moment to be able to kind of experience a women's game in public on TV and it not being, you know, like a World Cup game, for example. Um, So yeah, that was, I really hope that we get some of that over here for sure. So I wanted to ask you, what do you think this will be doing for the women's game in general going forward?
1: I think it's great because it's obviously going to give them that exposure. Uh, Women's football definitely needs more exposure because people are always saying like, oh no one watches it, there's not enough support. But now it's like, what's the excuse? Because they're being shown on the exact same channels as men's teams. Yeah. Of course there might be that whole conflict with timing and stuff, but that's something that can be managed. I think this is really big for exposure for teams, and it's going to really be able to show people like this is what women's football is. It's good, and it's also going to have people like kind of more interested in a way. Like you don't have to, because right now it's incredibly difficult to find a game, and now you don't have to like go out of your way to try and find a game. Sure, as international fans, I was going to (laughs) say, but like I was, uh, I was on a different show earlier today. And one of the people on the show was saying, like, for them, it's just a matter of turning the TV on. Yeah. And it's there. You don't have to, like, go on to the FA player, where sometimes, like, even when the commentary is dodgy, sometimes they don't even have commentary. Yeah. The camera angles are non-existent. The quality (laughs) is just not there. Yeah. So, of course, like, and sometimes they don't even show games in general. Like, I know for a fact that As a Leicester fan and being in the championship, a lot of our games were not shown on the FA player. I know that even WSL games sometimes aren't shown. Uh, I believe all of them are, but I'm sure there's been, like, some that just have not been.
0: Well, I know some haven't been, but that's because they've been on those major networks. Like, Mm -hmm. I remember, like, for example, the London Derby a couple weeks back, that wasn't shown on the FA player because it was being shown on, I think, Sky Sports. Yeah. So, um... They kind of have ma- been slowly making that transition over the past couple of years, which I really like. But like you said, it's going to be difficult for international fans kind of going forward. Um, I wanted to go back because you said exposure and of course, obviously it's going to be great exposure for these teams. But how else can we work on this exposure? So like, should there be men's players getting involved? Should there be, I don't know, like shows before men's games to show the women's sides or something like that like how else can we expose these teams to a very male-dominated sport at the moment
1: i think like i wouldn't consider it male-dominated i would just consider the media industry being more or less yeah, male-dominated. that's what i meant i <laughs> um, just kind of throwing in a bit of a conversation starter there but um i think like social media is a big thing right now and it's really helped out because yeah. you see like clubs engaging with fans fans engaging with other fans and even players players like will go out of their way and interact with other people like i know some even like major players are responding to fans and just like they're fully aware they see things yeah so i think that's really great and then like sponsorship deals too have been really good but of course with the women's game there's so much more that can be done when it comes to sponsors oh yeah because i feel like you only like see certain players getting like these real big
0: deals. Well, yeah, like even today I was looking at Instagram and like Alex Morgan is one of the most popular players in the world on the women's side of things. She gets sponsors every day, Nike, whatever, <laughs> right? She also has like almost 10 million followers on Instagram. That's crazy for a women's player. And that
1: generates the that engagement. Yeah. So obviously social media is like a huge thing and I the, your point about like do we show women's games before men's games like previews and stuff? I, like, I obviously don't know what happens in the UK because I don't have access to their television, but I know here sometimes, like, when we did see that women's game on TV, instead of, like, like, they had commercials for a bit, but then it went into highlights from the women's game the entire week. Yeah. During halftime. And I think that was great. Obviously, like, I feel like it has to do with TV deals and stuff like that. Like, the men's sides are not going to be showing highlights from the FA player on Sky Sports
0: right right yeah i guess that's true but i do even if it's just like like you said a preview show before where you kind of go through the games for the women's side that week i'm sure we'll see it well not us specifically but i'm sure that people in the uk will see it for that sky sports and bbc stuff i don't know if it'll be before men's games or what but i'm sure there's going to be those you know previews or ads for games coming up right
1: yeah definitely and like something like that would really help with exposure for sure and you mentioning men's players speaking out we do see that yeah but i like you see when that happens they get backlash Mm -hmm. which doesn't make sense
0: yeah like we saw it even this week when real madrid's Asensio scored a goal this week and had a lot of passion and a women's player went and posted her picture next to it and just kind of commented on the similar passion and she got a ton of backlash for it but thankfully Asensio went back and posted it and supported her through it and I think that's really important of course there's still going to be those people who are in the comments saying why 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 but I think that's an important step that needs to be taken by men's players to defend these women's players because at the end of the day they're doing the exact same thing. They're playing the same sport, playing for the same club. You're allowed to have passion for it.
1: Yeah, and I think like Man City and Arsenal are two really good teams at showing that it's just the same club because if, when you look at Man City, they everything that they post goes onto like the same social media account, like the same Twitter account. They do have their women's account, but it's mostly used for match updates. So besides that, it's like they're using the same account to share things. And Arsenal, their men's players go in and work with the women like a lot. Yeah. They'll visit the facilities. They'll just go check in be like, hey, how's it going? And obviously you don't see that everywhere because, like, some clubs are just being treated horribly. And I don't know if you would see that on the men's side.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because to your point about Arsenal, they seem like one of the clubs that have the best relationships with the men and women's living cohesively co- cohesively um like Rob Holding a while back said that Jordan Ovs was his injury buddy when they were in rehab together kind of yeah. thing so I think that's, that's you see
1: players like Bellerin yeah exactly. he's always talking about the women's exactly team. He's always going and visiting them
0: and also I have to say we're I'm not a fan of Arsenal I've never been a fan of Arsenal but I have to say their ads that they have, including both the men and women in both of them, is amazing. And you see a lot of Arsenal men's fans who know who these female players are, too. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really, really important. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my <She's>... God. <laughs>
1: that's so hard to hold that
0: Well, that's a fun, um, I guess... <laughs> interlude into something different. Um, or we can edit it out. Yeah, that too. <laughs> um, so let's go into, because your point made before was that there's some clubs that aren't being treated that well. So let's kind of transition to one of those teams, which is Birmingham. Um, there's been a lot of stuff with Birmingham happening over the past, I'd say, what, couple months? Um, it's obviously been a while. Yeah, well, it's it's
1: yeah. only been like really spoken about this past week but there's been a lot of bad things happening to them for quite some time
0: yeah so bit of background on that um the Birmingham women's team wrote a letter to the board sent it over saying kind of outlining some of the stuff that they've been having to go through over the past while I'm not sure how long at this point um the lack of facilities um their physio room is apparently like a shed um a cabin a cabin Um, They have to sometimes bring in their own equipment to work out. Mm -hmm. Um, Players are being paid their wages below minimum wage. Yeah. Or not at all, for what we've read so far. Um, And also, they have sometimes had to play while being injured or feeling an injury when they really shouldn't be. They also fielded a team that was like, or couldn't field a team against Spurs and had to forfeit that game when they're in a relegation battle. Um, so I just want to kind of hear your thoughts on that, and, like, why is this happening? Because we're seeing such positive things right now with the women's side of things, and then we have situations like this that are still happening. So what can we do to make that better, and why is it still happening?
1: I Well, Birmingham responded, like, the club itself responded to this letter, publicly, sort of. Not the best response it was basically saying like you guys all know that we are not the best club financially but I don't think there's much of an excuse for not having a proper facility for your players when it comes to like a weight room because they said that in this cabin basically their weights touch the walls yeah because it doesn't fit and like we saw this with the women's basketball in the NCAA like It's not difficult to provide people with the things that they need. Yeah. If it's to the point where they have to bring in their own equipment, like, that's... They're doing, like, things that are supposed to be done for them. Yeah. That's basic stuff that should be covered. And having to forfeit those three points, it was... To me, that whole situation was just so unfair because this was in January when COVID was, like, going off because of the holiday yeah and these players weren't able to play because of injuries and these injuries were because that there's such a delay on their treatment because of the lack of funding and the lack of facilities and staff not being paid properly yeah so they did not have enough players and instead of like just the fa saying oh yeah okay we get it like we'll postpone your game They gave the three points to Spurs.
0: Yeah, and the thing is, with those postponements, I don't know why they didn't. Because in January, they were postponing a ton of games. They were postponing because of players traveling
1: when they shouldn't have been and came back testing positive for COVID. That's, like, their games were postponed. And, of course, there are these arguments that came out, like, oh, it's because, like, these are the, the big six sides, the big sides that have all these players that have COVID. And then there's the, um... Birmingham, It's just a little side, so the FA's going to treat them like dirt, basically. Yeah. And I kind of have to agree there that it's, like, super obvious that this is happening because I think that if you saw this happening with one of the bigger sides, it would have been postponed. It would have been no problem.
0: Well, we did see that. Like you mentioned, there were these players who traveled who broke protocols, came back, their games were postponed because there were a of, bunch of COVID results. And the clubs were
1: requesting to have postponements. It wasn't the FA saying, oh, we'll postpone your game. It was the clubs. I'm not going to name the clubs because I feel like they've been kicked enough. But (laughs) these clubs requested, like, hey, can you postpone our
0: games? And they're like, yeah, of course. And then when Birmingham can't even feel the team, it's, sorry. Give the three points (laughs) to your
1: opponents. And the other thing with Birmingham is they've already had so many games postponed this season because of the quality of their pitch. Never in my life... Besides in the women's game, have I ever heard of a waterlogged
0: pitch? Yeah, yeah.
1: It's... That's not something you hear happening, oh, in the men's game, like, oh, we gotta postpone because we have a waterlogged pitch. No. And, like, the quality of it is <laughs> it's just...
0: It's ridiculous.
1: A, a pitch is your basic need. Oh, yeah. You need that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's, it's very confusing. It happened so many times, and it happened even to the bigger sides, too. Like, Arsenal had a waterlogged pitch. Like... I don't get it, because that same weekend, Arsenal men's team played a game. So, you can't tell me that it's not possible to play a game in that weather, or something like that, right?
1: Yeah, it's weird. But, like, on the topic of pitches in Birmingham, after this letter was um, received by the club, they recently announced that the women's team for next season will be playing at St. Andrews, which is where their men's side currently play. So, I think that's a massive step, and that's really good for Birmingham. Yeah waterlogged pitch aside like it's just better treatment yeah it should be how it was
0: yeah it's going in the right direction um obviously there's probably some more issues that need to be solved before it's you know way better than it was before but at least it's in a positive step this way
1: yeah how i see it is like it should have never had to be this way
0: no shouldn't have never gotten (laughs) to that point where it needed to come out and be this whole big situation but I'm glad it did because obviously it worked.
1: And players of other clubs were speaking out. Like, so many people joined together to be like, this is not okay. Yeah. And all that outburst caught the media's attention, and BBC was quick to report on it. Sky, like, all these outlets were so fast to report on it. And people always say, like, if you have an issue with something, take it to the media. Yeah. Because once the media gets it, that's when people start to panic. Yeah. So obviously, Birmingham City kind of panicked as soon as they saw the media have a hold of this one yeah yeah it's so good job to all the players and fans that spoke out because the way that these players are being treated is not okay
0: yeah continuing on the role of poor treatment we see a lot in the women's game that obviously the abuse from fans we see kind of this treatment as like the women's game is kind of a step down like Emma Hayes, Chelsea manager, for example. There was a while back where she was offered a men's job and turned it down because she said that the women's game is not a step up for something. Mm -hmm. We see the uh, manager of the England national team, Phil Neville, um, saying that the women's team was a step up for him. Or a step... A milestone. A milestone for him and a stepping stone for him. To make it
1: into the men's game.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, Emma Hayes, yeah, she was linked with I don't remember who it was. It was some team in the championship, I believe. I'm totally blanking on which men's team it was. But, um, yeah, and when she said, like, why would I want to do that when I currently manage Chelsea? We're in the Champions League. We're sitting in a great position in the WSL. Why would I want to... She didn't say step down. She just said, like, things are so great for me right now. Why would I want to change that? Yeah. And people were so quick to go after her like just with horrible comments like we wouldn't want you anyways like oh you don't even know the difference like clearly if you don't want to manage men's team you're a yeah. woman you wouldn't be able to anyways it's like why do people waste their energy on this type of stuff
0: well yeah and then there's the opposite side of things where Borussia Mönchengladbach their U23 coach he had some poor misconduct during a game around sportsmanlike behavior and as a punishment was told to go coach the women's side.
1: That's just messed up. <laughs>
0: like, and that, by the way, that's not fake. It was confirmed by the uh, German FA. So it happened.
1: <laughs> like, when I read that, I was like, what What did I just read? Like, how is this stuff still happening?
0: Yeah, I don't even know how to answer that question, to be honest with you.
1: like I, I'm genuinely, like, thinking about that, I'm just like, I don't want to swear
0: anything, but I'm like, what the heck? Yeah, <laughs> like, we, you know what we're trying to say. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> like, how is this happening? It just, there's obviously so many things
1: that are going so great for women's football, but there's so many things that still need to change, and there's so many things that need to be spoken about, and we need to have these conversations, like these conversations about pitch qualities, like respect from clubs and stuff like that, and funding, of course, is a huge thing, and we need to stop being so against each other, too. Like, you see fans of, like, the men's game coming in so quick to say, like, we don't care about the women's game. Like, it's poor quality. It's bad. Like, stop comparing it to the men's. Yeah. It's completely different. Yeah. It's the same sport, but it's played
0: differently. Yeah.
1: We need to stop making that comparison. And the thing is,
0: like, thinking about it in that way... You get that in different countries, too. If I want to watch football, I can watch it in the UK, or I can come back over to the MLS. Two very different styles Mm -hmm. of football. You don't have to like both of them, but they're different styles, and people watch it anyway. Yeah. You have to understand that that's just how things are. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So, I don't, I I don't... I don't get why it's so hard for
1: people to, like, process, like... At the end of the day, no one's asking you to support Chelsea's men's side and Manchester United's women's side. Like, you're supporting the same club. Yeah. You're not, you know. It's Chelsea men, Chelsea women. Like, you're not, I'm not saying you have to watch women's football <laughs> either. I'm just saying, hey, it's pretty good. Come check it out.
0: Yeah, it's pretty great. Um, and kind of going off of that, let's talk about the great things going on in <laughs> women's football. One of those things, we're a little biased, well you are anyway, is Leicester women's team.
1: Champion,
0: <laughs> So, if you haven't heard already, which I'm sure most of you have, because most of our li- listeners know us, and because Hannah doesn't shut up, <laughs> true, that true as well. Uh, okay. Leicester City women won the championship, confirmed, mathematically confirmed, on hundred percent mathematically, yeah, one hundred percent confirmed that they are going to going up to the WSL. Perfect time to go up to the WSL as well. So. I wanted to bring them up for this show because I think that they are one of the perfect examples of a side that is extremely, has extremely benefited from backing and funding. Mm -hmm. So I'll let you take over the background because I know you said the spiel a thousand times. So kind of tell us how this all came about.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, you obviously watch the interviews and the shows that I do because you use my line of, Lester, the perfect example (laughs) of this stuff. Wow. um, they are. <laughs> I'm getting, like, heartburn. I'm going to pop a thumbs <laughs> after this. <laughs> I'm trying to, like, not get chest pain. Um, anyways. uh, Yeah. They, Leicester City won the FA Women's Championship, which was huge because we were fighting with... They were. I'm not part of the team. I always say we as a supporter. <laughs> they were fighting, uh, basically, with Durham the entire season, just swapping between that first and second position. And... They came back, and on on Sunday, well, they beat Durham a few weeks back, which was, like, crucial. Mm -hmm. But then on Sunday, last Sunday, I don't even know what day it is today. (laughs) On Sunday, they faced London City Lionesses again. And London City were the only team to give them a loss all season. Yeah. So going into this game, of course, I myself was terrified. I know other fans were, but at the same time, I was like, we have depth. I'm not worried about it. And we came back beat them 2-0. We saw an amazing first goal from Sam Tierney and of course Natasha Flint came in and did her usual rocket of a goal. I, she just always bangs it right in. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but um yeah, they won they won the league, which was great because they came back to win the league against that one team that gave them their only loss all season in the league. So, it's I'm trying to like really process it because so much has happened since they won. It's just been amazing.
0: Yeah. I wanted to ask you, kind of, because I know that Leicester women just got professionalized about a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, one year anniversary, winning the championship, pretty solid. Anyways, um, professionalized and kind of went under the King Power and official Leicester kind of club. How do you think that's kind of gotten you to where you are now? I definitely think it's
1: kind of... It's really... Put them where they are now because, not just, like, from a financial standpoint, but because it's, like, for a lot of women's teams, I feel as if they don't have that support. Mm -hmm. They don't have that backing.
0: Well, the thing is, we just saw it with Birmingham. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I don't know why I faltered with that. (laughs) But we just saw that when we talked about Birmingham. Mm -hmm. A team who is in the WSL who doesn't have that financial backing that you guys have. And that training facility, which I'm sure we're going to talk about, because, wow. (laughs) Um... So, yeah, I just want to hear you kind of go more into that.
1: Yeah, like, I've had the chance of talking with some of the players, and I was on BBC with Libby Smith, one of our players, and she basically... Just, like, (laughs)
0: casually dropping names, I see how it is. (laughs) And I, um,
1: when she was talking, she basically said, like, this is a team full of players that are there for the club, and they enjoy being at that club. So I think that has a lot to do with it. And they have so many youth players as well. Like, are, that are, I'm not a part of the team. (laughs) The head manager, (laughs) Jonathan Morgan, um, basically explains that he has this philosophy for creating young talent. Yeah. Bringing in young players. And of course he does have some of those veteran players like Remy Allen and Sophie Barker, but it's just clearly working. Yeah. And... Of course, thinking about Beaver Drive, previously the men's training facility, it's a Premier League standard facility, and now the women's team are using it. And they could have torn that down if they wanted to. They could have sold the land for millions to someone else. Yeah. But they chose to give it to the women's team. Right. And it means so much to them. Yeah. From what I've heard.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm sure it does mean a lot to them because not a lot of women's teams get that opportunity. Not at all. For example, my team, Liverpool, Relegated to the championship, men's team moved into a new facility, new training facility, and now Melwood is given to the academy and not to the women's team. I, seeing Leicester, am kind of frustrated by that, and kind of frustrated with our owners that we don't kind of have similar backing. And, um, yeah. Just seeing that the men's team have been doing so well over the past couple of years, and then kind of not seeing that some similar situation to, um, the women's side because you see it with the cities of the world like manchester city men's team obviously doing fantastic in the league have been for the past what five years now and then the women's team is also challenging for the wsl title and playing in the champions league so i i just don't understand why that can't be something similar for liverpool as well who really shouldn't be where they are right now
1: i think like looking at your owners i just think that fsg are not good owners as it is that's a
0: controversial statement right there when they when, when it comes to the women's team i kind of agree with that and it's frustrating because you saw this huge deal where they came in partnership with lebron and they're wanting to get an nwsl team but they can't fund our women's team more that's kind of frustrating from my standpoint the fact that we haven't gotten a manager in what four months since the other one left like yeah. Like you were saying the other day, if it was the men's side, we'd know who the manager is before the old one left. Yeah. So. I'm just kind of curious as to why it's
1: controversial that I said that. Because. Do you uh, think he's good for your men's side?
0: Yeah. Interesting. I didn't like that silence. That was scary. <laughs> I do think that it's they've been good for our men's side. I do think that they've brought success back to the club. Obviously, they brought in Jurgen Klopp, who's done a great job for Liverpool, but. I do think that they need to work more on the women's side of things.
1: But besides Klopp, what else have they done?
0: What do you mean? I'm not having this conversation. (laughs) This is about the women's side. Um, I
1: just, I I don't think you guys have the greatest owners. I think if you look at your owners compared to Leicester's owners, it's Liverpool's owners are in it for the money. Vichai and Top are in it for the club. Because obviously Liverpool's owners also owning Boston Red Sox and multiple franchises. That to me is money. And if they don't care that much about their women's team, I feel like they're seeing it as, like, oh, they're not, let's just kind of, they've been relegated now, like, I'm not going to worry about them.
0: Right. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Either way. I know I've got, you kind of, you're, like, looking at me like. Well, I don't, I'm not going to say, like, they're the best owners ever, because I don't think they are, but I do think that they've done well for the men's side of things. I'm never going to say that they're doing a good job on the women's side of things. But. Yeah, it's just, it's frustrating from that standpoint. But do you see, like, the difference yes. in owners?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah, that's you say why your women's terrible, team though. is so, <laughs> that's your, that's your Liverpool fan. <laughs> She's shaking her head at me. I, I don't know. I, I don't think United have the best owners either. How but did this come team. into, like, talking <laughs>
0: about how terrible my owners are when we're trying to give hype to the women's side? Because your women's side is not being hyped by your owners you you brought up your owners anyways um <laughs> let's continue talking about positive things on the women's side. Hey, you brought it up anyways, <laughs> continue with Lester and their great funding
1: well, yeah, like i I think it's i don't know much about the funding stuff because like obviously you don't hear about the money with lester but we've got the director of football at lester is a woman and she's made it clear and she said publicly like i want to help our women's side i want the women's game to grow so it's it's just been really great to see
0: yeah and i hope that i do hope that you guys stay up next season um, I I know you kind of are scared to say it because you said it once and then it might come and bite you in the butt later um, but I do think that with the support that you have with the players that you have especially if a lot of them stay um, you could have like a really great season in the WSL um, so yeah, uh, anything else you want to add? I, 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 uh,
1: as superstitious as I am, I think we can make a statement in the WSL. Yeah. We've played against Manchester City this season in the FA Cup, and we gave them a 2-1. We lost them 2-1. But <laughs> the fact that we scored 2-1 when people are predicting it to be at least a 5-0 win for City. Yeah. That says a lot to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, So, coming up in the women's world of things, at the moment it's an international break. We are very excited because we, Canada, won – recently which is very nice we don't get that a lot lately against wales <laughs> yeah but... yeah uh and then they're going to be playing england on tuesday tuesday at
1: eleven fifteen a.m pacific
0: so what is that like 2 p.m eastern i don't know
1: 2 15 p.m eastern i'm gonna be in a lecture either way yeah so, <laughs> so. am i but
0: that's okay i mean we're still going to be having it on so um yeah we're definitely going to have our canada jerseys on we're definitely going to be cheering loud and proud hopefully sinclair is back because I know she picked up a bit of a knock against Wales. Um, Jesse Fleming with the banger against Wales. Do it again against England, please. Um, do you want to do? Do you, you want to do predictions, or are you like me, or are you like nope? No, I can't do predictions. All right,
1: it's nice to know I'm not the only one.
0: No, I'm sorry. I I know everyone out there is like, oh my god, do predictions. No, I can't do it. We did it in the first episode of the podcast, but we haven't done it since. So. Yeah, never gonna happen again.
1: Yeah, but those first episodes were, like, thinking about it, it's like, wow, we filled those things up. Yeah, we apologize
0: (laughs) profusely about those episodes, because I think this new system's working pretty well.
1: It's pretty good. One topic is is good, and, like, the feedback we've been getting is better, so this is pretty um, good, in my opinion.
0: Oh, I'd like to correct myself. Last episode, I made a comment about the Puskas Award. I meant to say that... A woman has never won the Puskas Award. Not that she's never been nominated. I apologize to everyone out there who mentioned it. Okay, good. Watch Canada, England. Please, please cheer for Canada, even though most of you are probably English listening in. Um, And that's pretty much it. Shout out your podcast, your other one, please. Uh, I do a
1: Leicester City Women's podcast on YouTube with beyond the 90 you can find them on twitter at beyond the 90 and yeah check out my interview that i did with ashley pumper one of our players that's
0: pretty good one i have to say she's a very wonderful human she's awesome
1: and check out uh we did a post-match reaction to winning the league and the team came on the show to celebrate with us so that's also up on youtube so check that one out and yeah
0: yeah okay well have a great day everybody and thank you for tuning in